Welcome, friends, to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. How to declutter your home and your life with Krista Lockwood. Hi friends, this episode today is one of those things that we all need and it's going to be all about decluttering your environment in lots of different ways. I have Crystal Lockwood with me today. She's in Ohio, and it's going to be so exciting to talk to her about decoloring. Now, Krista is a mom of five children, and they range from, she said, two to 16. So think about this for a minute. When you think about your family and your own world, that Krista probably knows more about decluttering than all of us because she has five kids. (laughs) Anyway, and she's um, really created some great community around making your life clear, clean, and simple without being um, an over-the-top minimalist. It's not an extreme thing, and I think that's important. So Krista, thank you for being on the show with us today, and thank you for um, taking the time in your busy life to to um, talk to me about this decluttering situation. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on here. I'm really excited. um, Yeah. To share with your audience decluttering tips and the way it can impact them positively and make life a whole lot easier and more enjoyable. Um, I, I really enjoy your company so far. And so, yeah, I'm really excited for us to do this. Thank you for the welcome. (laughs) Oh, you're so welcome. So I have the, the first thing I want to talk about is what inspired you to help people with decluttering their life? Did you have a clutter problem or did you just see it? Or like, how did this all get started? I just find that so fascinating. Okay. So this is a fun story and I actually discovered it by accident. It wasn't a choice and I didn't even realize that I had a clutter problem. But in 2013, my husband and I had, we had three kids and we were born and raised in Alaska. We decided that we were going to move to Florida and things went really fast. Long story short, it went really fast and we had about a month to get there. And so my, for my husband to get the job and all of the things to work out. And so he went ahead, got the job squared away, got the house, got the car. And I stayed back and we were a young family, um, with three kids. And so we were really broke and we couldn't bring anything with us, um, other than what fit into our suitcases. And it was challenging and it wasn't something that I wanted to do. And I was terrified And, um, but we did it anyway. And so I got rid of all of our stuff and moved to Florida. And when we got there life as a, you know, a young mom of three kids got really easy. And I thought it was just because we went from like cold, dark Alaska to basically living on the beach. And it wasn't until four, almost five years later when we had our fourth baby and I was pregnant with some friends and we were in a due date group on Facebook. It's like a Facebook group where everybody's due at the same time. And we decided to do this thing called house tours where we would go live inside of the group and show each other our houses because after we had the babies is when moms feel overwhelmed and they're like, the messes never end. I can't keep up. Like, let's just show each other that we're not alone in this. And when it got to be my turn, they were like, we, we agreed that we would, you know, not clean up our houses before we went live. Like, why did you stage your house? And I, and I didn't 
And I was just able to kind of piece together by watching their house tours compared to mine and being like, I used to be like that. You know, it used to be that I had piles of laundry all over the couch and dishes that never ended and toys just everywhere that I couldn't, couldn't keep cleaned up. And it stopped when we moved to Florida (laughs) and we didn't have all of that stuff. And so I kind of started to piece it together and was like, you know, by that point we had accumulated more stuff, but not to the point that we had before when we were living in Alaska. And I just asked them like, would you want me to show you how you can make your house easy to clean? You just, you know, you don't need a better schedule. You don't need a better routine. You don't need a chore chart. Like you really just need less stuff. And then it gets easy. And they were like, yes. (laughs) Um, So I really didn't understand what had happened until I looked at it in hindsight and I saw my friends struggling with what I used to struggle. And then I, and then I started to understand it. And now, and now that's what I do. <laughs> that is a great story, you know, and the awareness and the, and the side note, where in Florida did you move? So first place we were at was Bonita Springs, right out of um, Fort Myers mm-hmm. area. And then we moved up toward Tampa. Um, we were in a couple different cities over the like four years. Um, yeah. Florida was my favorite place to live. <laughs> right, well, I, I was raised in Sarasota and moved here to North Carolina from Clearwater. So I was in the Tampa Bay area for a long time, went to school in Gainesville at University of Florida and Tampa, University of South Florida. So when you said Florida, I'm like, oh, where, where, where was she? Tampa's my fa- I love Tampa. That was my favorite area to live in. We were in Riverview, mm-hmm. a little suburb of it, but yeah, loved, loved that area. And now you're in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're in Ohio. Not as cool. But, you know, we've been to Idaho, Southern California, and now we're in, now we're in Ohio. All right. So we move around. Yep. Alaska. Yeah, we're staying now. Yeah. I've just, I've been doing the spirograph of your moves on my pen in my mind. Yeah. It's kind of like a star. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. All over. Oh, that's really fun. So enough about Florida. I am curious about, um, gifted kids love to collect things. Gifted adults love to collect things. And how do you help people manage the collections, so to speak, in a way that feeds their soul so they have their collection or part of it or something, but yet it's not overwhelming? Yes. Yeah, that's what you said is like the key to everything that I teach is how you do have enough stuff, you know, to meet your needs and your desires without it becoming overwhelming to you. And so I do have five kids. I have a couple of collectors too. And I have one who finds it nearly impossible to get rid of anything. Like she cried because the Costco receipt blew away (laughs) in the wind last night. Um, And so what I found most helpful for my kids is to give them boundaries within what what they can keep and where they can keep it. I, in hindsight, you know, in Alaska in our house before decluttering, it was like, we're just going to keep things indefinitely and we're going to keep it in these indefinite spaces. Mm. I learned that if I could give them a physical boundary of like, you can keep what fits in to your room, you can keep what fits into this container. Like one of my sons really loves to collect like small things like keychains and like coins and trinkets and stuff. And so he's got a little drawer where he can keep all of those things. And once it starts to get full is when I can guide him through having a conversation about you know, we've had a lot of these things for a long time asking him, like, do you still enjoy them? Do you remember where you got them? Do you remember why you had them? And how can you make room for 
you know, the things that you still love and the things that you still want. And I think when it comes to those boundaries, um, just kind of having ongoing conversations, if you are, you know, a parent, you can also have these conversations with yourself, or you can join a decluttering community to have these conversations with other people. But, um, you know, this idea that we aren't really meant to keep things forever. And so maybe it was inspiring for us to have it for a certain amount of time and then we outgrew it. Or maybe it was inspiring to us for a certain amount of time in one season of our life. And now it feels heavy and uninspiring. And so it's okay to get rid of those things and let somebody else enjoy them, especially when it comes to, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you should get rid of your bowls behind you. However, if it ever came to a point where you didn't use them, you didn't enjoy them, there is somebody out there who will. And giving it to somebody else is just as great as keeping it for yourself. You know, that's so interesting. You just hit on all these things that I kind of intuitively did over my life because there was a time, I don't know, maybe it was 10 years ago and I had all this amazing art all over the place. And I was like, somebody else, some of it, I just, I loved, but it wasn't serving my home anymore. It wasn't serving my office anymore. So I started giving pieces of art to different people I knew that would appreciate those specific items. And I felt so free because I was decluttering, but didn't call it that. And then they were so grateful to receive the gift. So that's very, that's very, very cool. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I I also like your idea about, of physical boundaries. Like it, it has to fit in this drawer or this box or this, whatever it is thing. Of course, um, I'm gifted. And I had one of my business coaches a while ago said, you have to keep all your pens in this cup right here. Yeah. Yes. Well, I said, okay. But then see that basket over there underneath? It's full of pens, as is another drawer. I just put the primary pens here and saved all the other ones and put them somewhere else. I worked around the system mostly because I use lots of ink and different colors. And I'm like, you don't understand my work is really creative. So what I did though, so that I didn't have extra pens was I said, okay, these color ones are for this, these projects. And I divvied it up. And then there was still a lot of things I could let go of. Yeah. Once I identified what the real function and purpose of them all were, but it was hard. It was hard to let go of some of them because I never know what I want to write with in a particular day. Like my, my hand may not like this pen today. It might want that pen. And, and so that little jar has everything in it, including my little sloth. sloth, Yes. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) And so I have to have entertainment everywhere. (laughs) Yes. And I think that's a really good example of um, like everybody having different clutter thresholds of what they can manage and what inspires them and that there really aren't rigid rules to follow. But like you said, you were like, I, I kept this boundary and then I had another spot for when I need something else, right? I need, you know, or I want something else. I want a different kind of inspiration or I want a different kind of interaction. And I think that's the whole point. <laughs> so clutter threshold, what is that? It is, it's basically, it's the amount of stuff that you can manage on, 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 on a daily basis within your everyday life without feeling like you're behind or like you're overwhelmed. Um, And it changes. As you know, I have five kids. And for me, the more kids I have, the lower my clutter threshold goes. Like (laughs) the less stuff I can 
I can manage because the people in my house require so much of me. And if it looks like I'm distracted right now, it's because I can see them running back and forth and I'm like telling them, shh, like I'm on a call. <laughs> um, but you know, when, when you're dealing with things like that, or maybe you're in a busy season of life for your business or a life transition or something, it might mean that you just need less stuff around you because it's no longer, it's no longer a priority or, you know, for instance, you keeping your things on standby, you know, maybe it's just not important to you anymore. So you're like, I'll get rid of those. And maybe if I ever need them again in the future, I can get more, or I can borrow from a friend or, um, have some fun finding it again, right? Finding something else inspiring again. Yeah, so that's that's a really good point because when I was going through all those, it sounds goofy because it was pens, but when I was going through all those, there were a lot of uh, markers in there that I used on the big flip charts and on whiteboards and stuff when I used to teach retreats in person. And I'm like, I haven't, I stopped doing it way before COVID. And I'm like, okay, so th- that's not in the radar in the near future. So I can let go of all of these things and let somebody else use them. And it is in their radar. And then when, and if I need them, first of all, they won't be dry, <laughs> you know, and somebody else will get to use them. But that's one of the things I thought of is like, is it really applicable to what's happening in my world? Like right now. And it made it easier to make those decisions. Yeah. That's yeah. And I think when it comes to things like, like art supplies or um, even clothing to some degree, um, you know, the, most of the people that I work with have small kids, you know, they want to save it for, you know, five or six years and, you know, just in case they have another kid or something. And a lot of times it ends up not being able to be used by anybody because the clothing actually wears out, the elastic breaks down. Um, yeah. So then it's not wearable and somebody could have used it, you know, within those years. Um, so I think, yeah, going back to what we talked about a little bit earlier, I think it's a, a beautiful gift to give somebody something that they can use right now that you're not using or aren't really sure when you're going to use it. Right. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I think one of the spiritual principles I teach people is to keep the flow going, you know, freely given, freely received that we learn how to freely give away, but we also learn how to freely receive everything from compliments to things to support, to help to all of those things. And if we can keep that flow going, then we're happier. And that's what I hear you saying. Like if I was to translate it into the spiritual teaching that I teach a lot of is freely given, freely received, keep the flow so that things don't get all stagnant. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And you touched on something that I talk about often, and it's kind of this, this revolving door of stuff in our homes. Like things are always coming in and things are always going out. And I tell people, cause you know, they're like, well, when am I going to be done? Like, when am I going to be done decluttering? And the answer is, I mean, not never, right. You're never really fully going to be done. There's probably going to be a big season of where like you're letting go of a lot more than you will be on an, on a regular basis. But it's because you had all of these things coming in for who knows how long for some people, you know, when, when we were a young family, you know, we had been accumulating kids stuff for five years. And I had never gotten rid of anything. I'd never gotten rid of any of their toys, any of their clothes, any of, you know, like eating supplies. And so it was like five years of all of this stuff coming in, nothing ever going out because I didn't know. Um, but yeah, that spiritual principle of like give and receive is a really great way to put it. I love that. And I just call it the revolving door of clutter. <laughs> right. And so it's, it, but it's the same. I, the revolving door of clutter is like the physical expression of it. 
and it aligns perfectly with the, the higher concept too. So I think it's kind of like the yes and. It's not one or the other. It's yes, one reflects the other, you know, in that really cool way. So I don't know if any of your children have this issue, but um, I bet at least one does just because you have five. I mean, it's the numbers. Um, and that is difficulty with transitions and letting things go and making changes and all those things. And that's very, very common in gifted children and well, gifted adults. We don't like transitions very well, even those of us who have adjusted. And so do you have any tips that maybe you, you share on your website and in your group, or maybe this that you know um, that you want to share with us about how to help somebody through a transition? Like, okay, we're going to like clean out the room or we're going to clean out this closet and to get their buy-in so that it's not this power struggle that it could turn into. Yeah. I like how you said that too, because this is a topic that comes up a lot in the group and I had never really thought of it being something that is applicable to gifted kids or gifted people. Um, so I love that you, that you framed that. Um, cause I think a lot of times it's presented as the opposite. It's like, and, and I don't feel that, like, I don't feel like it's like, oh, your kids are difficult. Right. But the way that you put it is like, yeah, gifted kids would struggle more with this. So I really liked what you said there. Mm -hmm. Um, but the way that I teach parents how to do this is by first doing their own stuff. Right. Because if you're in a home, with a child or even a partner or another adult who struggles to let go of things. If you're asking them to do something that you've never done yourself, it's not going to be well-received, right? Like it's, right. Do, mm -hmm. as I, do as I say, not as I do does not work. And so I always, my first question to people who are dealing with this is what have you, what have you done of your own stuff first, right? How have you modeled this? Um, have you modeled this? And what happens when you do that is, is two things, two really important things. Number one, they see you doing it. And so they trust you and it doesn't feel like there's a double standard and they can see that it's good. Right. And you can communicate, you can even, you know, involve them in the process of decluttering your things and you can communicate your process and you can share with them. Like, I don't wear these clothes anymore and they don't fit me. And when I put them on, they make me feel bad and I'm going to get rid of them. <laughs> right? Like they just don't fit anymore. I'm going to let somebody else wear them. Um, somebody who enjoys them, you know, you can do that with anything, toys, art supplies, dishes, kitchen gadgets, all of the things. And they get to watch that and they get to trust you. And there's a level of respect there, but also you get the experience of knowing what that actually feels like, what it feels like to go through the decision-making process and what it feels like to let go of your own things and to make these decisions that some are easy, some are hard, um, and it allows you to have more empathy for them and relate to them and use the skill sets that you, that you internalized and you learned yourself with them. You can't really guide somebody through something. This is my belief. Maybe it's not always true, but I don't think you can guide somebody through something or support them through something. If you've never been through it yourself, I'm sure right. there are exceptions. <laughs> right, right, there are, but when I'm hearing you say, like, it's making sense to me because if I've never experienced letting things go that I might want to be holding on to, and I'm the parent, the child's always watching the big person to see what to do and regulate with them. Uh, so we not only get the trust, but it also, if the parent is cognizant of it and kind of like shares their process out loud, like you were saying, you know, like how this feels and what I'm doing, and this is why I'm giving rid of these, getting rid of these clothes or these kinds of things, then 
the children will pick up on that, that there is a thought process. There is, there is a system going on internally. It's just not this, we woke up one day and we're throwing all the toys away, you know, like that's just too, that's too much, you know? And when it comes to decluttering with kids specifically, and I'm sure this applies to adults in some ways too, a lot of times, you know, we ourselves are feeling overwhelmed in our homes. We're feeling frustrated and burnt out and we're tired of cleaning up these same messes and trying to get it organized. And then we take it out on, on the wrong things. We take it out on our kids' toys. And, you know, we're like, you never clean up your toys. It's always a mess. And so I'm going to get rid of them. And that's really not fair because the kids ultimately are not the ones responsible for what comes into the house or how much they have. And I think, um, actually this came up in my therapy session yesterday, but now I'm able to articulate it, but as parents and as partners, you know, we have a certain degree of responsibility to our children, especially, but if we are in a partnership or we are in any kind of relationship, we have a responsibility to care for the other person. And if we don't know how to do that, it comes out as control. And so we accidentally get in these harmful dynamics of trying to control rather than take responsibility. And then we, you know, that's when we end up doing things like, well, we, we're going to declutter all your toys or the most majority of your toys. I'm going to take them all away and then you have to earn them back. And that, uh, my own personal belief, I don't think that's a great approach. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, that has all kinds of negative consequences and punitive energy in it. That, as you say, most likely the child didn't even start. Yeah. I mean, they, they're not the ones going out and buying with, you know, some kids might have money to go buy their things, but you are still the one responsible for guiding the decision-making process. Right. It's, I think responsibility versus control. You've got to take responsibility for yourself <laughs> always first before you can try to, you know, do that with or for somebody else. Yes. And, and controlling behavior comes from the emotion of fear. So it all makes sense to me when you're saying that I'm like, but if somebody's being responsible, that's a whole different inner dynamic than somebody who's fearful and grabbing and controlling and doing those things Mm -hmm. and then taking it out on their loved ones. Yeah. 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 Knowingly or unknowingly at that point. Yeah. I will say a lot of it, it's always with the best intentions and we're all very overwhelmed. And that's why I like to talk about like, just try your stuff first. (laughs) see what happens. Yeah. Try somewhere. It, and, and another thing that I wanted to ask you about is another trait of gifted people and twice exceptional people is this all or none at all thinking I'm going, okay, so I'm going to declutter my house. So now I'm going to be the best declutterer and have the best decluttered house in the whole world. And we go to these big extremes that then create all kinds of other secondary things. And so if somebody is comes to you or somebody is in the group or whatever, and they're like, I'm, I'm going to do it all. And I'm going to have it done by noon tomorrow, which we know that's not even possible. No, but if they think that, cause I'm guilty, I have done that before in my past, before I realized this is goofy. You're making yourself even more stressed out. Cause it's not going to happen that way. So just stop. What do you tell these people who are like, they go, the pendulum goes whoop and it's way over here. And you know, cause your experience that's not going to work very well. How do you, what do you do with that? (laughs) Okay. Yes. First thing is that, I mean, we all do this, I think in some ways, Mm -hmm. right? Like we all have, I think that's the natural progression. You know, if you are this overwhelmed up here, like your momentum is naturally going to just swing you way over there. That's how it feels. 
right. in reality, when it comes to like decluttering your house, the reality is that it just can't happen that fast. Like you said, like, I know it can't happen that fast. And so I like to bring a little like play playfulness into this of like, you can yeah. go ahead and try, like, go ahead and try to declutter your entire house in a weekend. You should do that because what's going to end up happening is that you're going to get a lot done and it's going to feel really good and you're still going to have more to do, but at least you got a lot done, right? Like not going to all be done. Um, and so I sometimes encourage people to do that. Like if there, there's a lot of people, actually my neighbor right now has one out in their yard and they don't know what I do for work, <laughs> but they have a dumpster and they're just filling it up with all kinds of stuff from their house. I think they've been there for like 25 years and so they have a lot of stuff in their house and they're just like getting rid of it all. And I have a unique experience with this because I decluttered our entire house down to what fit in our suitcases in four weeks. And it was still me every single day. I didn't take a single day off. <laughs> still took me four weeks of like every spare minute I had decluttering to get down to that point. And so it, it really does take a lot. And the thing that happens if, if people are like, you know, I'm just going to do this is that they realize number one, how much they have how long it actually takes them to get to that point. But when they get rid of such a fast amount, like that fast, they realize like, oh, that's enough. I don't actually want to get rid of everything. I just wanted to get rid of the stuff that I got rid of. that was making it difficult to enjoy the stuff I'm left with. And so then people don't even want to go any further than that, especially, you know, and it doesn't have to be like a big, you know, grand scale, like your whole entire home. Mm -hmm. But even with something small, like clothes, mm -hmm. I'm like, if you got rid of all of the clothes that are in your closet that you don't wear anyway, the worst that's going to happen is that you're still wearing the clothes that you wear all the time anyway. <laughs> There's really no difference other than yeah. your closet. <laughs> yeah. The only difference is now your closet looks nice to walk into and it's easy to find what you're looking for. Like, that's not so bad. Um, and so if, if that's somebody's natural tendency, I will encourage it because I'm never going to be like, you know, tell somebody to stop. Right. I'm just going to say, go do it. I think the the more difficult situation is if you don't act on it, you want to get it all done. And so you wait until that moment that you can try to get it all done. And then you end up getting nothing done. And, mm -hmm. you know, you could have been doing little bits of decluttering for a year and gotten a lot done, or you can wait an entire year and run to dumpster and do it all in a day. Still going to take you a year. <laughs> right. Like right. I think, however, long it's going to take you is however long it's going to take you. But when you do it in small projects, you know, little bite-sized projects, like just a spice cabinet or just under your kitchen sink, um, you should get evidence. You basically collect evidence for yourself that it works, that it doesn't have to be that hard. That right. It actually feels really great. Um, and that encourages you to keep going. It feels doable because you're not having to exhaust yourself. Um, and I think it's really good to um, just prove to yourself basically that you don't want to get rid of everything. You don't want to be the best at this. You just want to feel better. Right. And I think that's, I think that's the key right there is that the whole point in decluttering, which I don't even know if I like that word, but that's the word that we use in this world um, is to feel better is to feel more alive, to let our life force be going. And so if we have so much stuff around that we are either frustrated or angry or intolerant because it's just too much or we just shut down, that's not the kind of life any of us want to live. We want to feel alive and feel good and happy. And 
it doesn't have to go to an extreme unless of course we want it to, but it's more about paying attention to how does this feel? How does this land on me? And then going from there, which makes sense to me. I might actually be able to declutter some more things now after talking to you Um, because I just moved recently. And so when I I sold my house and downsized and then I downsized again to move up here. So I did a lot of this decluttering, you know, what, what is it that I really want? And, And then I lost a lot of weight. And so I gave away half of my wardrobe and I didn't even realize that it didn't fit me anymore because COVID was going on. I hadn't worn any of these dress clothes. And my friend who Lou lives up here was helping me hang my clothes up, helping me move in and organize my closet because she loves that stuff. And she's hanging stuff up. She goes, this isn't going to fit you. This isn't going to fit you. You're much smaller than this. You know, and she's in the fashion industry. So she could tell by looking at it that half the clothes I thought were going to fit me didn't anymore. And she was right, of course, because I put them all on and they didn't fit me. So I gave them all away. And I'm like, I didn't even have that awareness because I thought I was the same and everything was the same as I moved. And there's so many cool awarenesses you can have if you just give it a shot and make it a little bit of a game, like you said, and not make it heavy. Yeah. 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 If you can make it a little bit playful, make it not, not mean so much. Um, that's really helpful. And most of the time for most of us, we don't even remember, you know, all of the things that we got rid of. It's not true for everything. There are some things that we're like, oh man, I remember that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of it, it's like we get rid of it and you know, it wasn't that important to us. And so we don't even remember yeah. what it was. Yeah. Um, and I think a better word than decluttering would be like clearing our space. <laughs> clearing yes. space, creating space. Um I feel like that's a that feels better to me than decluttering too. <laughs> yes. I like the creating space idea, like just space to move. Okay. So now tell everybody a little bit about your group, your podcast, and those kinds of things. We're going to put all the links in the show notes, but I'd like you to share just a little bit about some of the resources you offer people. So if you're listening to Krista and you're going, oh my God, I really need to listen to her more. She has all kinds of things for you. So give everybody a little rundown and then we'll put all the links in the show notes. So you don't have to write it down, you guys. All you have to do is kind of take it in and then go to the show notes and contact Krista or join her group. Yeah. Um, well, since you all are podcast listeners, I do have a podcast um, called Motherhood Simplified. And Diane, I know we didn't talk about this, but I would love to have you on as a guest and talk about energetics of sure. and all that stuff. Um, That'd be fun. Podcast, yeah. The podcast Motherhood Simplified. Um, it's geared mostly towards moms and motherhoods because I am a mom of five, but the tips in there apply. They apply to anybody. So if you are okay with hearing, eh, you know, mom things. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we've got a Facebook group that has about 40,000 moms all decluttering. If you want community support, Um, again, it's motherhood based. You don't have to be a mom. You can still get great tips and support in there. And uh, my website, which has, that's where I hold the podcast. The podcast has blog versions for people who like to just read um, checklists, decluttering checklists, free checklists, um, decluttering courses, all the stuff at motherhoodsimplified.com. Everything's motherhood simplified. Motherhoodsimplified.com and then motherhood simplified is the name of the group and every and the podcast, right? Yes. Oh, that's great. Well, we're going to put all those links in the show notes, everybody. And so you don't have to be a mother to be part of the group. And which I think would be kind of fun because there's probably single dads out there and all of us can benefit from the tips and things like that. Cause you know, I'm sitting here listening to you. I'm like, yeah, but I don't have any children, but I feel like I do because I have an inner fun self. Like my inner child 
that's why there's Mickey and Minnie on the chair. Like I have toys everywhere and things that I play with because there's a part of me that's very playful. And then there's the serious business woman part. And then there's the athlete part and all these other different parts. And so, you know, people can join and feel and understand the different dynamics, whether they have children in the home or not, from what I'm hearing. Yes. And I would love, I would love to get other people's perspectives on this too. Um, so yeah, definitely come join. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I'm going to be joining as soon as, as soon as I have those links, I'm going to be joining. Cause I think that there's a lot of value in surrounding our sense self in a sense of community. Yeah. And, um, in the gifted world, we talk about multiple peer groups where we have to have different peer groups or different things in order to really thrive. And so this is an example of that, where here is a peer group around a topic and an idea and a system that could really support us in all kinds of ways. Because there's, you know, there's decluttering our mind, there's decluttering our space, there's decluttering our emotions, there's levels here. And, um, and it could really, really serve. So I think it's really fun. I'm going to join. Yes. So that I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> I know it's great, right? Okay. So I have a couple questions before we end, and <laughs> this is great. I'm having so much fun with you. Yes. Um, so what's the? You've traveled around. We were talking a little bit about all the different moves, and so I just have this. It's it's a personal question. It has nothing to do with decluttering. Okay. It's a curiosity question. Mm-hmm. What is the most memorable food you've ever eaten? Oh, that is a good question. And it's a funny one. So um, I I actually don't get a lot of chance to talk about this either, but I believe in like the vibration of my food. Mm-hmm. I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian, but I could, I could absolutely be that. And I remember being in Florida and thinking all of the food tasted so good because I would buy them from the little, uh, there's a farm right down from our street mm-hmm. that had like strawberries and tomatoes. It's like the best food I've ever eaten. And there was a vegetable co-op. So good. <laughs> Always stuck with me. The best food I've ever eaten. I will never forget it. The oranges were amazing. Yes. I yeah. would totally go back for that. Uh, I don't know if you ever went Dooley Groves um, in Tampa area. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. That food stuck out with me in a really great way. And then my husband tries to get me to eat calamari every time. We go out somewhere where there's calamari and I do not want to do it. <laughs> I've never done it and I probably won't ever do it, but that's also a memorable food because I'm like, I don't know why I don't want to eat it, <laughs> but <Right>. I don't. <laughs> oh, wow. That's really cool. I love what it. What a fun question. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. The food is so different in different places. And, and I'm like, you know, so what, what is it that we notice that's memorable? Right. And and the food is luscious in Florida that way, especially when you get it at the farmer's markets and it's right out of the ground. It's that tropical weather, there's something to it. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. So yeah, good. yeah. Now you're making me hungry. Okay, yeah. so um, is there anything that was on your mind that you wanted to share today that we didn't bring up or talk about? I want to make sure that everything you kind of wanted to say happens. Yeah, um, I think the only thing is that I really enjoyed this conversation. Mm-hmm. I know um, that we met very recently, but I had a great time and I would love to have you over on my show um, just so we can talk a little bit more about, you know, kind of intuition. And I would love to hear your thoughts on the ways like clearing your clutter can clear your intuition, which I think is mm-hmm. one thing that happened for me a lot. It was like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden I can hear my thoughts. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think 
I think the thing that stuck out to me the most is that I would love to talk more with you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. I would love to talk more with you too. And I'm happy to be on your show. I, I love having these kinds of conversations because I really believe that when we all come together and however, which way we all come together, something magical happens, you know, yeah. it's, and it's usually not what I expect. So I don't even try to think about it now. I just go, wow, what cool things are coming next. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to hear I, like what you were saying is bringing different people into the space. Cause I've always focused on mothers. I think it would be really nice to bring in more than just mothers um, to yeah, get different perspectives and see that everybody deals with this. Not, not just moms. <laughs> right. And so all of you who are fathers out there, like I work with many fathers of gifted kids and we've had the very conversation about collecting too many things. And I have already given the the suggestions to a lot of you about have a parameter, the box or the thing. And then that, it's the item that's telling them yes or no, not you. It stays out of the power struggle. So we've already covered a lot of those things. So you dads and all of you single people, everybody get in the group and get part of it and share some of your ideas because everybody needs support from other people. And when we all come together and support in different ways, the different facets and the nuance of the way we see things support somebody else and usually not in the way we think. And so take Krista up on her invitation and go check it out and share your insights. Don't be a lurker, be a participator. Yeah. Come join us. Come. Yes. And so the final question of, um, that I always love to ask is if we were going to have a billboard that the whole world was going to see with Krista Lockwood's quote, what is that quote that you would like the whole world to see on your billboard? Um, okay. This is a weird one, but it's the one that's at the top of my head and I sent it to a friend today and it was that you showed, it's from a book that my, my toddlers read a frozen book with like Anna and Elsa, but it says, you showed me that you loved me and I suddenly felt free and that's it. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, if everybody could do that, I, I feel like we would solve like all of the problems. Just show me that you love me. And then I suddenly felt free. <laughs> yes, that's beautiful. I love that. That's a really great quote. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Krista, for being on the show with me today. And thank you for sharing your wisdom and your wonderful, bright energy with all of us today. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I remember everybody, put your face to the sun. So the shadows fall behind you because you're a rock star and you are here on purpose with a purpose. So go out there in your life right now and show love and allow yourself to be free and give away some of those things that are cluttering up your inner world. Till the next episode of Someone Gets Me, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.